Good morning, church. It's great to worship with you all this morning. Some of you have asked why I don't sit in the front anymore. And the answer is just simply I want to enjoy part of the Father from a different angle. And so I've uh, enjoyed being repositioned in the back there and allowing our eldership team to continue to help facilitate all that God is doing here at Heart of the Father. Hope that you had a great Thanksgiving break. I was having a real deep conversation with my daughter up in Ohio about if she was God. She informed me that if she was God, she would eat candy all day. Great revelation there. <laughs> well, this morning on December 1st, I would like to talk a little bit about what I see God doing in the body of Christ at large. Many of you know that I transitioned out of our eldership team in September to oversee Maranatha School of Ministry and to continue to help uh, oversee the elders here and in Winter Haven and continue to travel and write books that have uh, impacted this nation and many nations in the earth. And um, my burden continues to grow, uh, not only for our nation, but the nations of the earth. And some people that have attended here at Heart of the Father over the years uh, sometimes have had a hard time connecting with what I'm talking about. And really the place where I'm coming from is a much larger context. And so this morning what I'm going to share with you is out of a burden uh, for the nation. For example, when people uh, say I've been hurt by the church, um, I often ask them, well, what do you mean? Because there are millions of churches you know, God is saying this to the church. Well, do you realize there are a gazillion churches in Lakeland and beyond? And so over the last 10 years, I've had the privilege of preaching in almost 500 churches. Uh, we've gone to 42 states, over 20 foreign nations. And so I'm constantly picking up on a lot of what God is saying on a broader context. So I just say that all to say, whatever that you can grab hold out of this message for your own life will probably suit you best. And whatever you have no idea what I'm talking about, just eat the meat and spit out the bones. Is that okay? I get I'm a weird, unique individual. I get I'm a square peg in a round hole. A lot of people don't connect with me. Many of you told me you like Barry's preaching way better. That's totally fine. I, I, I'm totally not offended. Um, I get my role. Um, I know my audience. I know the message that God has given me. And I'm just going to be faithful to continue to function in that way. So before we jump into the message... A lot of you continue to ask me, what are you doing? We don't see you a lot, all of those things. So I always just kind of feel like my once a month, I need to give a quick update on what I'm doing behind the scenes and all that. Is that okay? So here's just a two-minute update of some of the things that are happening. So tonight in the chapel is our last Maranatha School of Ministry chapel service. Um, 
Tonight we have Caleb Stutes in the back is going to be preaching. And Nick Kim is going to be preaching. So if you don't know our school of ministry, we have a once a month chapel service. It's completely student led because we believe in fathering. And so we want to give room for the next generation to exercise their gifts, the worship team, the greeting, the parking lot from A to Z. It's all student led. And so we'd love to have the Heart of the Father Church come out and support us. It's at 6 p.m. There is child care, zero to four. We'd love to have you out. And then tomorrow night in the chapel, there is a special service that was kind of brought on spontaneously. And again, I realize large parts of our church don't connect with this, and it's totally fine. But I'm hosting a prophet's gathering and there are some of the most well-known charismatic authors and prophets that are going to be in Orlando taping for television all week in Orlando. And they asked me if I would just host a prophet's gathering and just facilitate what God is saying about 2020. So if that is something that you're interested in, in the chapel tomorrow night at 7 p.m., uh, Robert Henderson will be here. Uh, many of you, he's the best-selling author of The Courts of Heaven. Catherine Ranola will be here, the head of the Australian Prophetic Council. She has her own television show on Daystar. Larry Sparks will be here, who is the editor of Destiny Image, the largest distributor of charismatic material uh, in the world. Uh, Jim, J James or Jim Gall will be here, uh, an established, recognized national prophet. Ben and Jody Hughes will be here from Australia, internationally recognized prophets. Again, I know a lot of us, what I just said means nothing. But if you want to come out tomorrow night in the chapel at 7 p.m., we'll have some worship, and then we're going to round table it up. It'll be a different kind of format, giving them an opportunity just to share what they see God doing in 2020. So that'll be tomorrow night. Um, and because of that, there'll be no house of prayer gathering tomorrow night. So Gospel and Luke are going to um, just postpone that gathering because of that one. So that's 7 p.m. in the chapel. Um, lastly, um, I have a new Trump book that is coming out in early January. If you guys want to throw that one on the screen. How many of you guys read Trump 2019 and beyond? Okay, some of you. That, that's the next one. Flip, flip the other one. So I wrote Trump 2019 and beyond actually earlier this year. It became the number one bestseller in seven different categories. Um, we have confirmation that it did make it into the White House. It's been read in the Congress and the Senate. Um, this is, yeah, praise God for that. I literally am in airports all the time, and people run up to me and say, are you the Trump prophet? And I just kind of keep walking. Uh, I don't have any allegiance to Donald Trump, but the Lord has used me to awaken this nation and many other nations to what God is doing. So I wrote this one, Trump 2019 and beyond. It's a series of revelatory dreams and visions 
that God gave me concerning Trump and his presidency. And there was a man who showed up here to Lakeland last year um, from a well-known university, and he had compiled a 500-page book, and it was every Trump prophecy that had been given by alphabetical order. So this guy had done a ton of research. He has three PhDs, and he came and wanted an appointment with me. He was teaching over at Rodney Howard Brown School. And so I just took the appointment, and I looked at his book, and I said, well, you've got like 300. Why do you want to meet with me? And he said, you are the only prophet that I have found that has given both positive and negative prophecies concerning Donald Trump. So, I was honestly kind of shocked. I said, you mean to tell me no one has warned, no one has said anything? They said, no, it's all 100% positive. And I went to sleep that night, and God began to, I, I would say, open up another realm to me where this new book was birthed. So, if you can um, put that on the screen so the newest one, it's the sequel to this book. It's called Trump and the Future of America. And we are beginning, there it is right there, Trump and the Future of America. How many of you follow Mario Murillo? You really need to follow Mario Murillo. If you have a beat on this nation and what God is saying, please follow Mario Murillo. He's written the foreword, Wanda Alger for, from Intercessors for America, has written the special introduction, and our very own Marie Jenkins has written the prayer points for this book. Super, super excited about that. I'll be going on Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, on January 3rd to showcase this book to the world, and then on the Jim Baker Show January 8th. I want to let you know um, just what I've been doing. I have a tremendous burden for our nation. I believe that the church is fast asleep, believing that Trump's reelection is in the bag, and I believe we're in serious danger in this nation. In the book, there is a special chapter on the mystery of Donald Trump and Abraham Lincoln. Some real interesting stuff. So you can pre-order it on our website, jeremiahjohnson.tv. I'm so glad it's over with. You're talking about three to four hours of sleep a night for two to three months birthing that baby. So thank God it's over and I'm still alive. I literally felt like I was going insane. All right, and then that's coming out in January. And then the next one comes out in March. It's called Judgment on the House of God, Cleansing and Glory Are Coming. This is out of an, a visitation I had by two angels at the end of last year. One was an angel of cleansing. One was an angel of glory. And again, my conversation with them and the coming judgment on the house of God is way more than just heart of the Father. We're talking about the global church what is God saying or doing? There's been a lack of a standard of holiness and righteousness in the global church as a whole. 
And what has happened is because there's not been a standard, we have welcomed hordes of demons of perversion and sexual immorality in the church, and we are paying the price for it. And we can talk about glory and revival and a third. You can talk about all that that you want, but that glory will never come unless we first receive cleansing. I'm actually going to tell you what we need most right now in the church is God's judgment. We need the gavel to fall so that people can discern once again good from evil because we can't. We can't discern whether someone is writing a gift that God gave them versus if they actually have a prayer life. When will the false prophets stop prophesying? When we stop paying their salaries. When we stop going to their meetings. So Patricia King wrote the foreword. Dr. Michael Round wrote the special introduction. He actually just got it to me and said it is the most convicting book he's read in 20 years. So you're going to want to get that one in March. All right, infomercial over. But I just wish I could communicate just the, oh, I just want to go to Alaska and hide out. It's, it's like... People are like, can you teach me how to write a book? I'm like, oh, God, no. It, it is like a baby is trapped in your spirit, and you're like, I'm, I'm not the book writing guy. Brother Ravenhill is. There he is. No? Okay. Turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. All right, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I know that I have an assignment here this morning. And I want to deal with some things in the spirit and if you want to receive them, that's fine. But I'm here to ban chaos and confusion in your life. And I want to confront worry and weariness. I'm here to ban chaos and confusion in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry, in your family. And I want to confront weariness and worry. My desire for this morning was to begin to reveal what I believe God is saying to the church at large. But I've been carrying this burden that won't get off of me since about October. And I began to address these things at our partners retreat up in Pigeon Forge to a small group of people and as I was doing some fasting about what the Lord wanted me to say this morning, I really felt like the Lord is saying this for me. Before I get up here and reveal the plans of God, I need to expose the plans of the enemy to you. So I believe this will be a two-part thing. This morning, I'm going to reveal some of the attacks of the devil that are coming. And then in January, when I minister again, we will talk about what I believe God is doing in the church at large. Okay, So that's how it's going to go. This morning, I'm going to reveal the plans of the enemy on a global level, which I believe he's launching against the church Whatever you can connect with is great. And then in January, I'll come back and start dealing with what I see God doing in the future. Good? Grab the hand of the person next to you. 
a great Jeremiah-ism in the house. We need the help of the Holy Spirit this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your Son. We thank you that you have seated him far above every principality and power. God, we ask that the plans of the devil would be exposed in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we also bring our flesh to you this morning. Lord, we bring our carnality. Lord, we remember the words of Paul in Galatians 2.20. Lord, thank you that we have died with you. Lord, we ask for grace to crucify our flesh, to recognize what's the devil and what's just us. Lord, we pray for grace now. Spirit of grace, Holy Spirit, would you come into this place? Would you enlighten the eyes of our hearts? And Lord, whatever you want to speak to us this morning, that's for us. Let us grab hold of it. Whatever is not for us or just is for someone else, Lord, give us grace to release it to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 7, I want to begin reading in verse 25. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And he, being the devil, will speak out against the Most High. And he will wear down the saints of the highest one. How many of you know that the devil is speaking out against God right now? It's like, have you watched television? (laughs) David said in Psalm 2, he described this crisis where the rulers are in an uproar. They're speaking vain things. They're raging against the Lord and His anointed one. So what we're dealing with right now on a global level is Satan is speaking out against the Lord. He's speaking out against the church. He's twisting and he's conniving and he's deceiving and he's turning brother against brother he's inciting jealousy in the saints so like Saul were fighting David rather than joining forces and fighting against the devil how about that if we could just get churches in cities to stop competing and fighting against one another for the most saints and the most outreaches? What if we just stopped fighting against one another and started waging war on the devil? What if we could get marriages in unity? What if we could stop fighting against one another in the bedroom and get in the prayer room first? What if you be, hallelujah, I already feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. What if we begin to discern in the secret place that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but about principalities and powers? We've got to become awakened to the spirit realm that's swirling in our culture to discern, hey baby, hey boo, hey whoever you call your spouse, I'm just 
going to talk about marriage. Hey, maybe this, this sense of frustration, this strife, maybe it's more than just us having a little tizzy. Maybe there's a real spirit of strife in our home that we just need to take a break. Welcome to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, some of you are so holy, you don't fight, you don't whatever. Anybody with young kids in here, you're like on edge. 20, you can't discern a period from just 31 days. Okay. Let's repent. Let's pray. I'm just kidding. But what if there's more than just the natural realm? What if we become people of the Spirit? What if we become prophetic people? What if we just become disciples of Christ, followers of the way? What if we do what Paul said? We don't focus on what is seen. Rather, we fix our gaze on what is unseen. But we have got to realize that there is a demonic agenda there are principalities and powers. We've got to get out of this religious mindset that false prophets are the guys in the church taking up one too many offerings. No, the false prophets are prophesying to you on Fox News. I just think we've limited the false, the demonic to whatever happens at my local church of a hundred people. No, there are principalities and powers named principal so-and-so at the local elementary school who's legislating wickedness and immorality and is going to introduce your nine-year-old. But do we have this kind of bigger picture? Do we realize, yes, people can be demon-possessed. Raul is not, hallelujah, but I've got a great relationship with him, but I mean, I can say in the name of Jesus, and he's oh. like, oh, he has a demon, he's, he's demon, oh, is he oppressed, or he's possessed, or, let me break, demon possession, but there is also demonic principalities and powers that attach themselves to ideologies and systems of thought in a culture. So it's more than the music that you listen to. It's more than the pornography that you're watching. You're actually fellowshipping with demons. So when we recognize we're living in this culture of social media, I mean 24-7 people are being exposed to ideologies and systems of thought. Isaiah, he rises in his day and he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that twisting, that conniving, that deceiving spirit is seeking to wipe out a traditional system of marriage. It's seeking to wipe out why can't a transgender show up to the local library and read a story to your child? 
I mean, everything that we just assumed was truth. We assume that people have a standard of morality gone. It's, it's over. Those days, as my heart as, a, as a, a young voice is always like, wake up! Please, somebody wake up! Well, what are you talking about, brother? I'm, I'm awake. I'm a, yeah, this is the wake-up call that Jesus did in the book of Revelation where he tells the church, you have the appearance of being alive, but you're dead. We got all the programs. We got a great worship service. We've got, but why is no one getting delivered in service? Because we've got great gifting, but we don't have any prayer. How we doing? He's back. So Daniel, a prophet, speaking about, we can debate about end times and his, the book of Daniel, an eschatological book. Oh, I'm not here to do that. But I'm just saying that even in his day, he said that the devil will speak out, telling you, yes, the devil whispers. But for most of us living in America, the devil is no longer whispering. He's shouting. My question is, what are we doing about it? Well, the kids really like it, so I guess I'll buy it for them for Christmas. I mean, it's like, the de- it's, it's like, I feel like we're not in those days anymore where you're trying to like, is this the devil or is this God? It's like the devil has stripped himself bare. It's like the devil is the streaker on the football field and the church is trying to find a way to defend him. Brother, that can't be true. Well, let's look at how you and I live. We're partnering with him. There are sons of light that are going to rise in the earth. Their joy is going to be to expose darkness. Because again, listen to the Paul, listen to good biblical theology. They were once formerly sons of darkness in the past. But now they have come out of that lifestyle, and it is their joy to shine. So I'm just here to tell you if the devil's going to shout, if he's just going to openly expose this generation to his schemes and his lies, I better watch my language. You you better bet whatever you want to bet that I'm just not going to settle for three songs and a nice message. Are you kidding me? The body of Christ, the gospel, this is not a shot in the arm. This is not your vaccination. 
This is not where you're exposed to the disease of the world and then you come back into church and you get a vaccine so that you can protect yourself and try to tolerate it and try to... I'm looking for people to gather the ecclesia. Derek Kirkman, by the way, on Wednesday nights has recently been teaching a great series on what the church really is. But I'm looking for more than people willing to come for their Sunday morning shot. I'm looking for people that recognize who they are in Christ. And by the power of the gospel, we're here to destroy darkness, not partner with it. If darkness is shouting, I'm going to shout louder. Well, brother, I don't have a Facebook. Here we go. I'm going to really make some people mad. So distracting. I mean, how do people have time for social media? Well, here's where I'm at, folks. Parents, if you don't prophesy, Hollywood will. If you don't get truth out there, the culture is being overrun by deception. If you don't lift your voice, if you really know how to live and walk in the truth, if you don't learn, I just feel like a generation, and I know I could step on some toes. You're old school. I thank God for you. You you do things the way you've always done them. But listen, a culture is being overrun and dominated by so social media. I would highly encourage you get on social. Well, I don't have time for that. It takes 15 seconds. Stop being so religious. Oh, I just spend time in prayer all day. I don't have time. I go to work. Well, listen, if you've got time to watch television, if you, I post on Facebook in the car. Did I just say that? It takes no time at all. But what I'm trying to paint is a vision and a picture. The devil is shouting. He's raging. Why are we operating as business as usual? It's time to take back what we surrendered too long ago. Well, brother, the church should not be involved in politics. How's that worked out for us? I wrote a chapter in this new Trump book on the shallow faith of our founding fathers. The the church has tried to portray America as a Christian nation. We've tried to convince the church that the founding fathers were a bunch of men who were like pretty much revivalists. No, these were men who denied the divinity of Christ Thomas Jefferson signed a treaty with Tripoli flat out saying that America was not a Christian nation. So we were founded on shallow faith. And you know why the reason people don't vote for Donald Trump is? He's not deep enough in his faith. No, actually, if you recognize how shallow the faith of the founding father was, you would actually believe Donald Trump was pretty deep. That'll stir up some warfare. I might just sleep at the church next year. Might just make a little hole in there and just wake me up on Sundays. The devil shouting. 
He's wearing us down. I've just I've been seeing this like confusion and chaos and weariness and lethargy. And it's like in an hour where God wants to raise up the church to be victorious, and we write the headlines. Like Mark 1, Jesus calls the boys, and they're excited, and they're followers of Jesus. And I love the NASB. It says they hunted for him. They go to sleep. They wake up. Christ isn't there. He's in the woods praying, and it says that the disciples hunted for him. Fast forward In his greatest hour of crisis in the Garden of Gethsemane, they can't even stay awake. The last chapter in the Trump book is a prophetic word to baby boomers. If you're a baby boomer, that means you were born between 1946 and 1964. Raise your hand. You know what God told me? The future of America belongs to the baby boomers. I believe there's literally that much weight on that generation. You will determine the future of your sons and daughters and your, your grandchildren. Well, I once had the fire. I once was awake. I once hunted for Christ. I once... Listen, we just need to forget the I once... And we need some moms and dads, some grandmas and grandpas to teach us right from wrong, to teach us how to pray. The new school, we've got to get back to old school. This rebellious, lawless, don't tell me what to do, I'm going to do it when I want and where I want is straight from the pit of hell. Come on, Enrico, that was good. I got a mmm, not a hey! It's like the mmm is more of the meditation, and then the hey is the amen. There we go. I'm going to go for some more mmms in 2020. So I want to confront and I want to address the weariness the tiredness, the confusion, and the chaos could be linked to the devil is shouting louder than you're willing to get closer to God in the place of prayer. Well, I can't hear him. You're not close enough. It's trying to help you. How many hours are there in a week? I know Isaiah Saldivar always says it. I can't remember. A lot. All those hours in a week that we're exposed to the filth of the culture, the ideologies and things that are contrary to the Word, that versus an hour or two on Sunday is not going to cut it in the days ahead. We're going to have to learn how to develop a secret place time in God. We're going to have to learn how to do family devotionals. We're going to have to learn how to cultivate the presence of God in our homes before we ask Him to come in this one. 
But there is a weariness, there is an all-out satanic attack of confusion and chaos and weariness. Now, I'm going to jump off into prophetic land and surrender my soul to Brother Barry and Father Ravenhill. All right. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times and a half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Okay, I am not a theologian. Most people recognize me as a prophet. Jeremiah is good with me, okay? I'm not here to debate theology. However, there are many scholars that are going to link these two verses that what Daniel is seeing is Satan being bound at the end of the age and he's given the Antichrist, is given a realm of rule and authority, but we know in the end Jesus Christ is going to have the victory, okay? So that's just my short, Barry and, and Brother Ravenhill could do such a better job kind of breaking it down. But this is where I want to go and this is where I might stretch some of you. I believe that if the devil is successful in shouting so loud and wearing you and I down, he's going to get us into a season that the Lord never intended us to be in. It says that he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hands. I believe there can be such satanic assault in someone's life that they enter into a season that God never intended them to be in. In other words, they are out of order and they are out of alignment with the will of God. If God wants you to stand straight and walk in His will and the righteous, their path day by day, it opens up. If we give in to weariness in the attacks, it's going to push us off course. Satan is going to alter the times and the seasons, and we end up finding ourselves under attack tired and weary when really we need to be in alignment with his will awake sober at full strength going on the offensive rather than on the defensive i just break every attack right now in this room on your health and for me this is the tension of the prophets and the prophetic because God has called prophets to be the interpreters of the time. Why, why do you want to hang around prophets? Because they will help you interpret and discern the season in which you're living. You think it's confusion and chaos and my kids and my marriage. And they'll just matter-of-factly walk right up to you and say, No, actually, this is going on. And you're like... It's like you came out of the fog, you came out of the forest, and they brought to you a revelation, an interpretation that should seek to get you back into alignment with God's will, and it shouldn't cost you an offering. 
Hello, stop paying prophets to prophesy to you. Please. Again, thank God for this house. I'd like to just take a knee. Thank God that we have elders who have never allowed that for going on 10 years. Thank you, God. We've never had to deal with that here. But you have to ask yourself, at the end of 19, am I in the right season? Am I positioned strategically going into 2020 that I might fulfill the will of God? And thank God that he brought us all here today because there's going to be a little altar call. And the way we get back on the path is repentance and surrender, learning how to bear one another's burdens. I just wish... I wish God would give us a burden to start sowing into other people's seasons. So they're hurting and they're broken and their marriage is a wreck and you know that they're lost and they're down here at the altar or you see them at a restaurant. We're like, I'll pray for you. Not. So we're, we're aware of the brokenness, the, the frailty, the, 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 the struggles of our brothers and sisters, but we don't have time for them because we're too consumed with us and what we got going on. Because we're in a good place. Thank God we're not like them. But then all of a sudden, the days and the years go by and you become that couple. And you know why no one ministers to you? Because you refused to minister to that person years ago. I'm telling you, there's a principle of sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God that we've missed. We're afraid to preach it because we believe we'll fall into performance. But I'm telling you, a lot of us need to begin to sow into someone else's season so that if we ever get into that same season... I'll feel that liquid anointing on my neck right now again. We're just, we're alerted to an older prophet that served the body of Christ for years. He's literally bankruptcy is, I mean, just terrible what's happened to him. I'm like, we're going to sow a seed. Are you nuts? No, I'm not talking about a hundred dollars. How about a couple thousand? Yeah, but Jeremiah, you don't really even know him. You don't have any real... Why would you send an offering? Here's the answer. So just in case, that's not me one day. So that is an old man. I'm broke as a joke, and I'm just saying, Oh, Lord, help me. And he's looking down saying, Yeah, Jeremiah, but I gave you 20, 30, 40 years of opportunity to sow into men just like you, and you missed it. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost again. I'm telling you, and He's with us, and He abides in us, and I just go where I feel Him leading. There are some of us, we can help rescue folks out of a season they found themselves in by sowing into them financially. I'm telling you right now, more than anything in my life, the Lord is teaching me the power of finances in the kingdom of God. We have got to get the spirit of poverty broken off this place. I hated what I felt 
when David Vespa was up here talking about tithing. All of us just shrank back like, oh God, when is it going to be over? Oh, what, where's, where's the, the vision? Where's the plan? Who are we blessing this Christmas? Who are we giving a gift to? Who are we giving till it hurts? Lord, give me an opportunity to sow into someone else's season. But what I'm sensing and hearing from God on a, on a global level is Satan is shouting and he's wearing down the saints. And many people are finding themselves in a season that God never intended them to be in. And just as God said in his word that there's an appointed time where Satan is being bound up, I decree and declare to you today under the authority of God's word that that season in your life is coming to an end. He's going to loose some of you this morning because he has to bow at the name of Jesus. But you have to recognize what you're bound to to get free from it. Spirit of religion, it just, we're all good, we're all fine, we're all, we're all saved, we're all fulfilling. Brother, how can I pray for you? Oh, I'm good. No, that's just your pride talking. You can't give someone a prayer request. If you can't come up with what you can work on, you're in trouble. So he's shouting. He's wearing us down. There's coming an appointed time when it's over. And I believe on this first day of December, God has so orchestrated this morning where we might reveal his plans of the devil. The Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. How many people know that scripture? Probably all of us. But do you know that the devil has plans too? And I'm not preaching, if, if you're hearing this, this is not what I'm preaching. This is not the devil and God 50-50. This is not an equal war. What I'm desiring to do is to stir up and challenge our faith and let us know that we should be kicking the devil's butt. We should be taking dominion and authority over his schemes. We should be snuffing them out you should be friends with people who have teenagers and at the next gathering you just walk up to their son or daughter and whack them in the Holy Ghost and say, hey, I know the temptations that you're struggling with. You better not get in a car with her again or alone. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to ruin your life. Where is that kind of discernment, that boldness, that courage, that being sensitive to the the Holy Spirit, literally being demon busters, exposing the plans of the devil. We need permission in the church again to kick down the door of the devil. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a devourer. He's not playing games. He's going for your head. I mean, I'd love to build and plant today, but we've got to uproot and tear down. 
I travel this nation. I go into these churches of 10,000, these conferences of thousands. I'm, I'm seeing on, on a global level, lifting up my voice. And people are like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, wake up. And again, I'm good, yes, take care of your marriage, take care of your kids, that's where it starts. But I believe when the real kingdom starts being preached and, and, and it's a lifestyle and we become a family, hear me, their marriage is your marriage, their kids are your kids. What do you mean? I'm talking about there's no marriage, there's no family, there's no son and daughter in this church family that's not covered by the blood of Jesus and we're not willing to go to war for. Merry Christmas. Jesus said in Luke 21, I'm about to close, I'm on my intro. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> what is, brother, what is God saying? I'm like, do you have 52 weeks? Luke 21, 25. Jesus said, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up. I want to encourage you just for... I always feel like I lie when I give time frames. Just listen up for two minutes and then it's 20. Like, give me a break, dude. Don't, don't misinterpret the passion and the urgency that God is going to release on messengers in this hour. Do not misinterpret. Do not reject the passion and the urgency on men and women, on fathers and mothers, when they begin to sound the alarm, when they begin to warn, when they begin to decry, don't push them back and say they're too intense. Don't push them back because when something is out of alignment, have you, has your back ever gone out? You had a riblet, you had a something. It's like as soon as you can get to the chiropractor, the better, because your entire body is in distress. The only way to get you help is to straighten you out. Things have to get back into order and alignment. 
God is going to come to a sleepy, a weary, and it's not going to be this kind of coddling hospital, you know, you've got six more years. No, it's like if you don't wake up right now when your daughter is 14, And the tension of the prophetic is we live in the times and the seasons. We live in the kairos. We live in the window of time. It has to happen now. But for some of us, if we don't wake up, if we don't straighten up, there are divine doors. And can I just appeal to someone who you missed it with your son or daughter? You know the way you pay the devil back is you let some younger parents know what you did wrong. This is what I'm talking about, the kingdom of God. There's no mistake that we can make that God won't get the glory for. Because he might have got us, but by golly, he ain't going to get my friends. I love them enough, he is not going to... Do we love people like that? Do we care for people? Do we, are we concerned? Happy Thanksgiving. You know, someone's mom or dad or son probably died on Thanksgiving. Is, did, we, did we make a phone call? Did we reach out? Merry Christmas. Here's 26 gifts per kid. No, how about here's six and we'll give the other 20 that you don't need to someone else. But I believe we're moving in days in the earth where the time and the season and the attack is growing. And how we defeat the plans of the devil is recognize who we are in him. The devil is a loser. I've always been perplexed at the church like we're afraid to talk smack to the devil. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just Looney Tunes. I'm, I'm in places where I feel tempted as a man to lust. Oh, brother, I can't believe you said that. When I feel tempted as a man to lust, I literally tell Satan, get out of my head right now. You have no place here. I start praying in the Holy Ghost. I go militant. Straighten up. So, so the church needs to be jolted and awakened. And I'm just telling you, religion would love. Just shh. Stop rocking the boat. Give me another sermonette. Give me another drive-through one-hour service. Meanwhile, the people of God are being slaughtered. Our marriages are being slaughtered. Our families are being slaughtered. And, well, brother, I tithe. God did a few miracles today. Praise the Lord. That's not what Jesus died for. He died for a warrior bride. Without spot or blemish. We can't do it on our own. We need one another. If you're struggling in this room, if you're weary, if you're tired, could you just stand quickly?
It's okay that they're standing. It's not okay that we walk out of here and walk by them. Again, it's okay that they're standing. It's not okay that you and I just walk on by because our hunger for food is greater than our hunger for God. It's not okay. When are things not going to be okay? When is enough going to be enough? I want to pray for this first group, and then I want to pray for a second. If there's someone around you, will you just reach out your hand to them? I believe we're in a very critical December month here to try to realign, to reposition By the way, when God gets a hold of you, it's okay if you thought you lost your mind. You did. All right, now I just, just look at me real quick. Don't pray puny, woony prayers. Well, God, if it's your will, stop. I don't believe God is offended one bit by crazy, bold, faith-filled in the name of Jesus, this is going to happen right now, not because I'm so spiritual, but I believe in the power of the... Can we just for, for 30 seconds pray with the authority of Jesus Christ and decree and declare whatever it is that comes to you? Can, let's just take 30 minutes. No puny, wimpy prayers. Pray big. Pray faith-filled. Ask the Holy Spirit to wake you up. Come on, just stir yourself up this morning. Come on, the devil is shouting and the church is quiet. The devil is shouting, and we're quiet. Come on, just 30 more seconds.
Come on, let the Holy Spirit flow through you. This is what you're going to do at work this week. This is what you're going to do at Walmart this week. Ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Come on, we're on the precipice of something. Just stay engaged. There's power in the name of Jesus. Seasons are shifting today. Believe that seasons are shifting today. Come on, there's reconciliation today. I just want you to put your hand over your heart. I don't know who this is for. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that whatever healing needs to take place in our hearts from a former season, I just feel like the Lord is saying to some of us, get out of the past. Stop living in other seasons. Lord, I ask just for a balm of healing to be placed on hearts right now, whoever that's for. Lord, we say to everyone that is stuck, I just see people stuck in mud, stuck in quicksand. The Lord is just saying, even just receive it by faith. I just declare a holy jailbreak. We just say that prison doors are being opened from shame and addiction to pornography and immorality and adultery. We break the power of the devil and his lies. We say get out of your mind right now in Jesus' name. We say that you are not that person any longer. 
Satan, I command you by the authority of Jesus Christ to let loose of minds. We say that the battle is over. Jesus Christ has gained the victory. We declare marriages for Christ. We declare our sons and daughters for Christ. Devil, you can't have them. Stay away from them. God, I ask for a burden that would even... Lord, I don't want a a 30-second church burden. God, I want a burden that will literally cause me to lose sleep. Lord, I'm asking for something so intense... A burden, an intercession, a travail. God, I ask that you would bend the church once again. I just hear God even saying over heart of the Father, what I'm about to do in 2020 will be unexpected in this place. For I do not look for a people and leaders who know what they are doing. But I look for a people and a leadership team who are convinced that I know what I'm doing, says the Lord. I want to say it again. Receive it by faith. God says in 2020 in this place, what I'm about to do will be unexpected. For I have not sought to find a man, a team, a people that know what they're doing. For I am after a people, a team that are convinced that I know what I'm doing, says the Lord. And there will be messes in this house. The stables shall be full, but my glory will reside in this place. But the focus must turn to prayer. The focus must turn to relationship. There must be a deepening of love and prayer in this place so that when my glory and manifestations come, there will be no misunderstandings. For the axes to grind must be removed from this house. For I will not allow any bitterness. I will not allow any unforgiveness in the hearts of my leaders and my people. For there shall be a full motion swing of koinonia. For there shall be a love and an intimacy in this place that this community might know that this house loves one another. And in that day, yes, in that day, my glory and my power will fall. And it will be received by a people who have learned how to love one another deeply enough so that when there's misunderstandings, When there's different interpretations, love will win the day. God, I'm asking that love would win the day in 2020 in this house. God, I'm asking that love would win the day in 2020. God, that you would draw this church family, that you would draw this leadership team 
closer than ever before. Let the axes to grind be removed. God, search each and every one of our hearts, God. Prepare us for the days ahead. I want to finally pray. I want to pray for those in this room. I sense that there are some here that God has been preparing in the secret place for such a time as this to storm the gates of hell to demonstrate the kingdom of God. It's okay if you're not ready. God is preparing you. But if you feel like this is your your season, this is your moment, God has been preparing you. You've been diligent in the place of prayer, fasting, whatever God has required of you, and you want to step through. I feel like there's an opportunity this morning to step through out of the season into this next one. If that's you, I just want you to come down to the front. Diane, the Lord says that there shall be an unusual anointing that shall come upon you in this house. The Lord says the anointing that I give you even today is the persistent widow anointing that you will be unwavering, that you will be persistent, that you will not let go of what the Lord has spoken. God, in Jesus' name, I just ask for a persistent widow like the Luke 18 who she constantly asked, she would not take no for an answer. God, I say that I sense even generational legacy, and even as you prayed for your own children, your grandchildren shall become a burden. I even see a grandparent's prayer meeting literally catching fire here in 2020. The Lord says that in this house I will begin to burden grandparents for their grandchildren like never before. And I will use grandchildren in this house to even help children get in alignment with my will. Father, I just ask for fresh fire upon Diane today. God, thank you that you've established her that you're releasing her even in 2020 to this house like never before. If you're here down at the front, would you just lift up your hands to the Lord? God, I'm asking right now for specific orders. The Lord says, I haven't called you up here to give you an invitation You're here down front for a mandate. Many are called, few are chosen. 
This is not an invitation. This is a mandate. Lord, I'm asking right now for marching orders. I want you just to pray for 30 seconds. God, I'm asking you would open up eyes, that you would open up ears, that you would initiate something. Marching orders. Marching orders. Come on, pray in faith. Don't pray in your mind. He'll drop them to you right now. Just receive them by faith. We've got to learn how to receive things by faith again in the church. For some of you, it's right in front of your face. It's right in front of your face. Marching orders. I'm just hearing this again. Do not be afraid of my voice, says the Lord. For you do not know, you do not have to know what you are doing. You just have to trust me that I know what I'm doing. I just really feel that for many of us. Do not be afraid of my voice, says the Lord. For you do not have to know what you are doing. But you have to trust me that I know what I'm doing. Lord, I pray for trust. I pray for expectancy. Just had a burden today for many young parents with small kids. I just feel like the Lord is saying, keep fighting, keep going. Keep being diligent. Don't pull out of the fight. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't ignore your children. God, I just pray for grace for the heart of the Father family, Lord, for those who are in that season of diapers and kids and bills and school and sport. Lord, I just pray for grace in the name of Jesus. Fresh fire of your love today. God, I pray that we would capitalize this month in December and giving you an opportunity to capitalize. Lord, let us go into 2020 ready to hear your plans, ready to march, ready to execute, ready to wage war, ready for a fresh start. God, we ask that you would do it.
in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here's how I want to end service today. I just want to encourage you. I, I really feel, as we were saying, like the Lord was saying, love. Love has to win in this house. Just encourage you as we close, find somebody you don't know. Okay, can we do that? Find somebody you don't know, introduce yourself to them, and that'll be it. God bless you guys. We love you. We will see you on Wednesday.